Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Gerard, I could not be doing better, my man. <laughs> I know why you're doing better. Your daughter was home this weekend. Uh, Max wasn't, but I'm sure you talked to Max at some point this weekend. And, and he's know, coming he's... home. He, my daughter's still home. Okay. We're having lunch today after oh. this show. When I'm not rushing you. <laughs> when we're done, she and I have a tradition. There's a certain place we go for lunch every time she's in town. She's there for a week. Then okay. she leaves for an internship for a week. But um, Max will be here late in the week. The weather, like I had to wear a jack, a heavier. I had to wear my next level sweatshirt, my red sweatshirt that you have. And now I've got a little jacket on. It's going to be 70 degrees and sunny. But yeah, it was like 40 some degrees today. This maybe, guy, maybe, 70 maybe degrees not. and sunny. Maybe it was 40. 50. Yeah. You know, nice. what, you know what it was this morning? What below was 30. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're, we're going to have that, I think. Uh, we're not going to be below 30, but I think we're going to be in the 30s on Christmas Day, which is maybe I've worn shorts every Christmas Day since 1987 or 88 which is when I first started dating my wife. I think it was 87. But Christmas Eve, it snowed. Ooh. I mean, barely yeah, ice like crystals little... that melted on my shoulder. <laughs> but that was December of 87. I don't think it's ever done that since, but we're supposed to get a really cold front. I think the whole South is getting murdered this week with cold weather. But yeah, compared to you guys, it's, I know it's not the same. We, we're having a cold front for uh, Christmas Eve and, um, and Christmas Day as well up here. Uh, it's going to rain later in the week. Thursday, Friday, it'll be probably touch 50 two of those days but then saturday sunday 24 i think is the high 27 Ouch. maybe yeah. oh okay yeah. so it's gonna be yeah we're catching yeah. we're catching some cold front up, up here as well we're much more fortunate obviously <laughs> i mean we're, we're done with the heat and humidity i'm i like being a little chilled it's such a new feeling <laughs> i don't get it much i love it oh, yeah the majority of people who listen to this who live in cold weather places yeah. are like man Fuck tell this guy. guy to stop talking about <laughs> even warm weather all right all right we got it we got it um all right coach we you know, we're as I, we've been saying, we're we're heading towards the um, halfway mark of the season. We're mm -hmm. starting to see some really awesome performances, and there's three. I mean, we always see awesome performances, but there were three over the weekend that really stood out to me. Uh, the first one being Nikola Jokic uh, posting a Wilt Chamberlain-like triple double against the Charlotte Hornets, 47, 20, and 10, 27, no. 40. Excuse me, yeah. 40, right. 27, and right. 10, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Crazy. Crazy. Um, Kevin Durant against the Pistons, 43-6-2, and, and Devin Booker, 58-6 and six against the Pelicans in a comeback win. Uh, last two were, were, were comeback wins. Now, look, besides from the Pelicans and Booker's performance, the Hornets ain't great, and neither are the Pistons. Um, however, those, both, those teams, all three teams, needed their superstars in every single one of those points, rebounds, blocks, and everything to get wins in those games. And... It's something that players often say that I always think is interesting. You know, obviously we know that there are players that are better than others and teams that are better than others. But players will often say after a tough game where they, either they lose to a poor team or it's a tight game, look, man, these guys are pros too. <laughs> like, if we don't come out with the right attitude and play the right way, we'll get beat. And I just thought it was interesting in those three games, you had three superstars being like, guys, we can't, we can't lose these games. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm gonna, we're going to talk with the Lakers later on and Draymond Green against the Raptors. Uh, when your best players are fighting, uh, it just it makes it easier. And it's, when you, you're being very sweet when you say the Hornets aren't great. They're, they're, right, they're a JV team. And it's not because they don't have talent. They don't care. They have no fight. I'm shocked that they're not 30th in defense shocked because they don't care they don't i watched the game 
And so uh, the 27 rebounds by Jokic is somewhat indicative of what I mean. Not totally the case, mm-hmm. but 15 rebounds would have been a nice game. Right. Pretty good number. 18, 27. Yeah. Like, no one's fighting. I mean, did he out-rebound them by himself? Uh, out-rebound the Hornets by yeah, himself? That, that I don't know, but it's a fair question. Probably pretty close. <laughs> it's a fair question. Um, when your best player is super hungry, it, it helps a lot. When he's not, that really hurts a lot. So in the yes. case when we talk about with the Warriors and the Lakers and obviously the Nuggets and, and KD always competes, a book for, for Phoenix in a very – that's a battle for the West. Mm-hmm. It, it, you, all the other players have no choice but to fight. And it's a fight. You know, it's ultimately these games are about fighting, like any other big sporting event. As we know, we just saw one um, in, in uh, Qatar. You, you, if you're not bringing the fight, you got no shot. You shouldn't be on the field or the court. But the way it works sometimes is you are. And for the battle for Victor, we're going to see a lot of that. In fact, I would argue the players that don't really compete have never been more valued in some of these cities mm. <laughs> who, who want to lose games. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you're not bringing the fight in, in this competitive market, you're in trouble. No, you know, it's so interesting because, as you guys know, we do a rundown in the show notes. And in my own show notes that I produced for the show, I had World Cup thoughts at the top, and I completely blew by it and went straight for these three performances. But I'm glad Coach I got your up. back. Thank you. I appreciate that. But you mentioned Qatar in the World Cup, and you mentioned if your best players aren't fighting, like – the team is it well that's what we saw in the world cup final oh, right yeah. i mean france was down 2-0 at half and it just looked like well you know argentina let's just crown this thing now i mean that before they started making their comeback it was all you know france isn't in this game Kylian mbappe they're not opening up what have you and then you know he sort of led this surge and then also the substitutions by french manager didier deschamps where he took out Griezmann and Dembele were also great because that changed the changed the the complexion of the game. And in a World Cup final, there ain't no tomorrow. There's no, all right, we'll worry about like, you know, this. I don't know. If we lose, that's it. We're, this is done. For four years, we got to sit with this. So it was great. And you saw Mbappe really, I mean, literally put the French team on his back. He was LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was LeBron. He was LeBron. Scoring three goals uh, in, in in the second half to, to level that thing up. And it was amazing. And, of course, Messi was outstanding. His gravity in that game, drawing so many guys towards him, right? Opening it up for his teammates. And then the extra time, there was chances galore. And it was like, oh, my God. Like, I thought, actually, Mbappe was going to win it on a walk-off when he cut through five. I was like, oh, there it is. going to rip this and it's over, which would have been ridiculous. <laughs> um, it was It was quite, quite incredible. But this is what you talk about if your best guys aren't doing it well the other guys well we got no shot if you're if they're not doing it i'm not that good (laughs) right and mbappe really wanted it right like all these guys to see that guy compete so i I learned something about myself (laughs) yesterday i I knew i mean i've been around now okay uh i've been watching the olympics since 1972 when i was seven (laughs) The, the murders in Munich, but I was watching those games. It's my first real memory of sporting events. Um, I knew I was watching history when they made it 2-2. When they made it 2-1 mm-hmm. after a penalty kick, oh, game on. Right. But when it was 2-2, I'm like, okay, this is going to go down as one of the best ever. Not that I know much about World Cups, I don't. Uh, but I kept wandering back into my office to watch <laughs> videotape of Porzingis. <laughs> and um, at 3-2... I went to take a nap because I knew I'd be up really late last night watching games and then watching you, you motherfuckers texting about tie game. 
I, I didn't really care about extra time, and uh, I just watched the penalty kicks. But I learned uh, nothing against all of the world who loves sports soccer so much. There's nothing wrong with you. It it just I don't care. I just <laughs> I I wish I and maybe I would care about if there was a country I really cared about. Like right. I'm glad I don't really know much about Argentina politics. I I was rooting for Morocco. Mm-hmm. When I say rooting, I couldn't oh, tell yeah. you a single right. name of a player. Right. Um, it, it's supposed to hurt when you lose, if you really care, there was no hurting going on for me, no matter what happened in this entire thing, including team America. I was disappointed. There was not a single woman that I saw anyway on any of the broadcasting stuff. Not that I watched a lot. There, there were the, no, the, I mean, yesterday there was, Oh no, yesterday. No, uh, right, besides so Jenny Taft sideline. I think Jenny Taft was on the sideline. Oh, okay. The, the so there was one, but yeah. the, 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 uh, in the studio, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. None of those dudes know anything about World Cup finals. Well, it, it's so funny that you say that because that was my joke to my other chat. I was like, listen, I get it. Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan, Lexi Laws, whatever. But sometimes when they say things like, that doesn't look like a semifinal team, what would you know about a semifinal right. World Cup team? Right. <laughs> right. I say this all the time when I'm when I evaluating players back in the day, especially to help colleges find high school talent. And they would, they would, the college coach would say, I spoke to such such high school coach, and I would say, well, that guy's never had a D1 player before. What, what does he know about a D1 player? Because he watched it on TV? Like, I've watched some L, some law shows. Does that mean I'm a lawyer? The guy, come on, he has a high school basketball job. Doesn't mean he knows about basketball. So I don't even know if Landon Donovan's ever talked to someone and it's ever played in a World Cup final. Has he ever teamed with someone that's played in a World Cup final? Like, our women know all about World Cup finals. Am I they right? They sure do. They sure do. Come on. I, I So <laughs> the rules, the enforcement of the rules, because I realize... Again, have at it, world. Enjoy yourselves. I give a fuck. And I'm happy to say my son doesn't either. We are we are two peas in a pod. I'm so proud of that boy for not caring either. Um, I'm hopeful for some changes. Like we, the NBA changed the, the a take foul. Yeah. Soccer needs to look at some of those take fouls too. We I'd love to see more fast breaks uh, situations. But whatever, enough about that sport that the rest of the world loves. Um, Literally, like the rest of the world loves, loves like by yeah. far. Right, it's but not rest, even close. Listen, our country voted for Trump. Doesn't mean we're smart. All right. Yeah. I, I, I like my sport just fine. Thank you Cricket, very much. Cricket's more popular than American is it, football. Is it worldwide. really? Of course it is. American football? NFL yes, football? American football. Yes. NFL. Yes. yes. It doesn't rev- create as much revenue, but more people no. watch it. No, yeah. but it's That's because there's 11 billion Indians, which is fine. I'm the, sure it's an amazing sport. I well, have no doubt. Here's I love thing. baseball. There are. That's what I always say about football, like American football. I don't watch American Guys, football. There's 350 million people in America, somewhere yeah, around that number. Yeah, yeah. There are billions yeah, of right. people everywhere else in the world who don't give a shit about oh, the NFL. Oh, Gerard, to be clear, I told this to this morning. I feel about soccer. I do about NFL football. I can't watch. I can watch soccer more than I can watch NFL football. I can't watch it down. <laughs> I, I literally, if it's on, I'm like, turn. I'll find Next. something else. I'll put on Friends rerun before I watch NFL football. <laughs> Nothing against it. Knock yourself out. I, I have enough trying to figure out what the hell's going on in our sport. A lot going on. <laughs> there is a lot going on in basketball. A lot going on. So we're, we're, we're happy we have Coach Thorpe, uh, his brain in basketball. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, kudos to uh, Argentina and France. Yeah. Uh, just quick, quick note there um, before we wrap uh, our World Cup talk. You know, this is – we did a good job talking about it, and it was it was a tough World Cup because while the match play was fantastic, we know the backdrop of what's yeah. going on and what led up to that World Cup, right? And so – as you enjoy your sports, people, you know, just as we always say, just keep your eyes open. Be, right? mindful. Unto, yeah. be mindful of what's yeah. going on behind the scenes and not if, not even so much behind the scenes, literally right in front of your face. That they hope that you don't care about because you're so blinded by the pageantry of what's going on. 
uh, we talk about how hard it is to to repeat in any sport. Most sports yeah. have a yearly competition, right? And anything can happen in a year. World Cup is every four years. So kudos to France for making it back to yeah, the championship for sure. game in four years. We hadn't seen that since Brazil went to three straight from 98 to 2002, winning That's two crazy. of them, right? It's just, yeah. it's hard to do that. It, 98 to hard. 2006? 2002. So they, or yeah, 2006, excuse me. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So they won That's in pretty they, amazing. They, they won, um, they, they lost in 98, won in 2002. I'm sorry, 94 to 2002. Excuse me. Okay. They won in 94, lost in 98, won again in 02. Yeah, 94 was in America, right? Yes. I yes. was in D.C. I talked about I don't know where the finals were, but I was in D.C. when they won. Yes. I was going to some basketball event, and I had no idea why there was a million people all dressed in yellow and green running around the Beltway. <laughs> <laughs> it turned the, out they had just won the championship. F- final was in actually Pasadena, the Rose Bowl. So you buy so people yeah, just, you know, so it was, it was crazy. Brazil, yeah. Italy, uh, that, was the, that was the final in uh, 94. Obviously, France, Brazil, 98. And then uh, in 2002 was Brazil, Germany. Um, it was, you know, it was again three straight years. That was incredible football by Brazil over, over yeah. those over those World Cups. Um, again, kudos uh, Lionel Messi caps his career now uh, with the one trophy he was missing. So trophy case is now complete. Um, coach, you know, back to the NBA and our sport. We were talking last week about teams heading trending in different directions. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to zero in on three teams right now that are the hottest teams in the NBA. And with respect to my Memphis Grizzlies, who lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder, or else they would have been in this conversation. Um, the New York Knicks, winners of seven straight. The Brooklyn Nets, winners of six straight. And the Orlando Magic, winners of six straight. And you, as you so often do, early in the season said, you know, I see a lot of parity, like not even early, before the season started, yeah. said, I think this is going to be a, a league, a year where it's just parity. We're going to see it a lot. No team's going to run away with this. We're going to have two or three games. And you said so brilliantly, if you go on a 10-game winning streak, you might be able to do some things. If you go in the other direction, that might, it, you, that might hurt you a bit. And we're kind of seeing a little bit of that play out right now. And I wanted to kind of zero in on these three teams. First, let's start with the Knicks because they're the hottest team winners of seven straight. Jalen Brunson has been such a revelation for that team and, you know, an adult at point guard, right? <laughs> Who knows what he's doing, right? On both ends, can get them into offense, et cetera. You mentioned R.J. Barrett playing better, Julius Randle playing better. Look, Tibbs still doesn't trust young kids, and we know about the rotations, and the other guys are playing heavy minutes, as they always do. But this is a good thing, I think, for Knicks fans, and I believe management's going to start looking around and saying, well, you know, we're doing this, and we're – only a game or two out of there. The Knicks are in fifth or sixth right now. They're only a game or two out of third. Um, you know, they can do some things. Maybe think about it. Come trade deadline. Yeah. I'm going to write about the, probably the Knicks and maybe the Nets uh, this week, maybe the magic a little bit. Uh, so I'm doing my deep five dive after a show, but I watched New York play yesterday and uh, yeah, they, they, it's interesting. They have three tough Southpaws. You know, with uh, with Barrett and uh, Randall and Brunson, that are physical, physical guys. Um, Jalen's really got control of the offense. It's not a high. T- my my guess is they're not a high turnover team. Again, I haven't studied it yet, but he just makes good decisions with the ball. He's the reason why he won a championship. Maybe two. I don't follow college enough to remember mm-hmm. those one or yep. two, but um, he's just uh, he's hard to rattle. You really can't rattle him, and he's a very good mid range shooter. Um, uh, Barrett, I don't think is shooting well. I need to no, look that up. Not shooting well, but finishing well now. Rim. Great, should be great in transition because of his power. And I saw that he 
He had a really good dunk yesterday where he, he had a force. He played with force, and that's something he needs to do. And and Julius Randle is not far from where he was when he was All-NBA, which is a very, very good player that's hard to deal with. Uh, he, he's, he's overwhelming bigs with his agility. The Pacers on uh, the second half put Andrew Nemhard, a 6'5 point guard on him, mm-hmm. just to try to keep him, get him uncomfortable. And Andrew did really well. But that tells you something when you have to put your tough-ass point guard, who's their best defender, on your power forward. He's overwhelming bigger guys. Drawing fouls from Miles Turner, mm-hmm. just, and just relentless. You know, I've always loved that about him. He's a relentless player. And so it, it, it is not true that teams always look like their head coach. But when they do, that, that identity can really make a difference. And they're starting to look like they're just not – like two years ago, they're not a fun team to play against. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be like – remember, when they played Atlanta two seasons ago, I picked the Hawks in six, I think maybe even five. Um, I just thought they'd run out of firepower. Uh, I still have some concerns about it. Derrick Rose is out of the rotation totally. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's hurt. Nope. Makes me wonder if they're going to trade him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Brunson is, is probably their MVP. He seems like to be the lifeblood. I, I'm a fan. Um, and they're defending with purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, they really get after it. Uh, and they're not playing super slow. I think they're middle of the pack if my memory serves in pace. They're looking to run. They're okay to run. They're not just trying to walk it up. And I think that's good for them. They get easy shots. They're not a great half-court offensive team. They are 14th in offensive rating, 8th in defensive rating, and they are 16th in pace. So as you said, yeah. middle of the pack. Yeah, middle of the pack. Yeah. And that's against the 6th toughest schedule in the league. Yeah, like, that's saying something. And so they had a they, bad start. Yeah, and I think you're right about what you said. Um, they're starting to resemble that team from two years ago where it's just like, oh, the Knicks tonight – yeah, strap like, it on they're gonna fucking right. play you know they're gonna bang you and like it's just and there, there is a there's a method to that right but again you wonder do they have enough right to and i think this is why they're gonna say okay i think if we move maybe one of the young guys look i think cam reddish has value obviously uh tom does not think so right now so what can they get for him because he I, I think it look he's one of those guys i think coach classic case he goes to san antonio it's gonna be great Right. Like, I just feel like you get him in the right area with the right Royal Jelly. I think he's fine. It's just Knicks ain't that place for him right now. You know, the league, I don't know if I'll ever write about this. I I might. Henry and I are talking a lot about it. Um, I just, you know, I have, I'm fortunate enough to be able to talk to so many players and get insights into what's happening on, on in franchise and what's not happening. Uh, The, the, the short of the story is there's not a lot of guidance and inspiration being delivered. Um, And so, so for Cam Reddish, for example, when, whenever I've helped a young player, I've always said our mission is to get the head coach to trust us. How do we do it? We got to be in great shape. I mean, I'm giving you some trade secrets here is what I do. Three things. Here's the, the three pillars of the, the foundation that I build for every player. We got to be in great shape. If you're a perimeter player, center is a little different. Great shape. Uh, we've got to be able to guard the ball. We've got to know that when we get targeted, we're going to serve that coach. Our coach has to know we're going to be okay. We're not going to get a stop every time. No one does. Not in this league. But you're not going to be able to target us and just, and just win because I'm going, to, I'm going to defend my turf well, and I've got to be able to do it in multiple positions typically because of the way we defend screens. And then I've got to be reliable with the ball. That's both not turning the ball over, knowing where it's supposed to go, where to be, 
If you really watch the game closely, you'll see veteran players pointing their fingers all the time. No, come here. Do That's because some young guy is fucking up. <laughs> and that is not going to build trust with your head coach. Now, you might be super talented, and that makes up for it to some degree. But uh, I have a feeling Cam is failing in one of those two things. He's not trustworthy with the ball or on offense, and they, and they don't think they can really trust him on the ball defensively. Now, it's good to be good off the ball, too, but you, you normally can't get both in young players. He ain't that young anymore. He sh- and he's long enough and athletic yep. enough where he should be a plus in both. And so it just he's not measuring up. And clearly, Coach Thibodeau has not been able to inspire him to do so. And has just moved on without him. And this is, this is the nature of our game. For sure, it's the nature of our game. So uh, imagine if they could mm. find someone to whisper to, to, to Cam the right things and get performances for him and Obi Toppin. I don't know if Obi even played yesterday. No, I don't think Obi played yesterday at all. Yeah, he may be hurt. I don't know. Um, I just don't remember seeing him at all. But uh, it's working for what they have. I still think they're running out of gas a little bit. Like I said, but having Jalen will help. I think, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit later uh, with another team. But, you know, look for, as we mentioned, Reddish, um, Rose, you mentioned, Evan Fournier. I think, you know, those guys are going yeah. to be on the block. Um, and people are looking to move with potentially maybe a pick if the right uh, player comes along that Tom believes, to David's point, hits all those three, right? He's in shape, which most likely will be. He can trust him on defense, right? And trust him not to do, basically not turn the ball over, right? And be in the right spot on offense. Well, I want to make sure we got to a point that you and I talked about before we went on. Um, But on the fitness thing, here's my point about fitness. They all think they're in shape. But the way, what happens in the NBA frequently, Gerard, is, you go from playing zero minutes to some minutes, and then in those some minutes, you're fine. But then there's an opportunity to play more because of injury or foul trouble. And if you're not in great shape, you fail in that opportunity. Well, then they just try the next guy the next game. If, there, if, if there's going to be, if there's a prolonged absence, whatever. So you have a chance to shine when you go from five to 15 or 15 to 32. And so you have to prepare every game as if I might play 36 tonight. And so I've got to do the extra work on all my off days so that I can be in shape to last for 36. Because when I get that chance, I need to shine and not be tired. That's just that's my rule with my players anyway. So you and I sat on the air earlier today on a phone call about the Knicks. Hmm. Uh, uh, fans of those of you who listen to us on Mondays know, as we'll do today, we have a contender or pretender <laughs> dialogue at the end of your show. New York is a player away from being under consideration <laughs> for a pretender or contender. They're not, they're not either right now. Neither. Right. They're, they're to be named later. Let's see if they get someone. Mm-hmm. And they, to your point, they have some players and maybe some picks down the road mm-hmm. to get that player or two mm-hmm. and suddenly be a contender. Or maybe you and I will still think they're pretenders, which probably will be the case unless they land an all-star. Right. But, but still – in this parody-driven league, as I've written about before, if you get good enough to be able to beat anyone in round one, well, you might play the seventh seed in round two. Yep. Which means you could beat them too. Not that they can't beat you also. And now all of a sudden, you're in the final four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything can happen at that point, we've seen with injuries. So, yeah. Um, I think they need to get one more guy to at least be in the yeah. running. I think I think you're dead on there. And, um, you know, it, it is it, – it's so fascinating with, with – you know what you're talking about in terms of players being ready to take advantage of their opportunity. This is why smart teams 
have the G League, right? So, and the smart players say, yeah. no, send me down to the G League. So I'll play minutes there. So I'm, because as you know, even though G League is not NBA, you're still playing competitive basketball, right? There's no substitute for playing an NBA yeah. game. You have to play an NBA game. Um, and then also teams have what they call their stay ready group. Now, the challenge, of course, with stay ready groups are they often consist of players that are currently on the team, right? And if there are injuries, to as you mentioned, and as we get into the season, well, that list of available players becomes shorter and shorter. And if you want to play meaningful ball, sometimes you see the younger coaches getting in there. And that's not exactly what you want either, right? So players have to kind of figure out their ways where they can, to, to your point, David, be ready so that when your number's called, does he mean, with a, especially with a guy like Tibbs, you may only get one shot. Right. And it, you blow it, that's it, man. Like, And it's unfortunate. It, it really is. When, when we get to the Lakers part of our show, uh, I'm going to talk about the stay ready stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a strong opinion on this whole stay ready thing. But I'll well, wait till we get to the Lakers. Th- that's what Brooklyn calls their group of guys. Yeah, who, that's like, what the Lakers do too. They're, they're stay ready group. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, you, you framed it perfectly. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. what they're saying now. I'm going to push back on, well, why are some of these guys staying ready when they should be in the game? <laughs> we'll get to that. When we they're start they're about already Anthony ready. No, just right. get them, get right. them in now. They've been, they've been done ready. <laughs> they need to be playing. Right. We'll get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to the Lakers. Let's, um, let's stay in New York. Um, yeah. yeah, Brooklyn. Go across the bridge to Brooklyn. Winners of six straight. Uh, playing well on both sides of the ball. We talked about, except last night, not really great defensively. Um, we talked about uh, KD's amazing performance last night. Look, this is another team, David, and we talked about it um, last week. They're going to have optionality now, right? Come the trade deadline. If they continue this way, well, now Joe and Sean, what's your decision? Do you want to try to figure out, ooh, what can we get around the fringes? Because we this is good. Katie's playing well. Kyrie's playing. Ben's starting to play better, right? Like, what can we get? Or are you like, man, I don't see the end of the road here being good. I don't want to tempt fate, right? We could potentially make a move, but they'll have they'll have a choice to make. They'll have decisions, and they can kind of stretch it out and hold on. But if you're a Nets fan, you have to be happy with the basketball you're seeing. Brooklyn's playing right now. They're a game behind Cleveland for for third place. And the way the schedule's falling, they got Golden State on Wednesday, second out of a back-to-back. No, no Steph. No Steph. Um, and then the real test will be Friday at home against Milwaukee. So I think if they come out of that looking equip themselves well, that's another thing where they're going to try to probably convince themselves internally, you know, we're pretty good. And with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you should be pretty good. Yeah. Well, first of all, they'll have a test against Golden State, too. They got yeah, two. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. There's some, we're going to talk about the Warriors later. Mm-hmm. There's some championship DNA there. That team's not just going to roll over. Uh, I did not see anything about last night. So Ben played well. Ben played okay last night, um, but he has been trending in the right direction. Yeah, for um, sure. And Kyrie's starting to play well, really well yeah. offensively. I um, mean, he's giving effort on defense, which is, you know, you have size limitations, right? So you can only do what you can do. Right. But he's being very smart with his hands and yeah. stripping down on balls and getting yeah. steals and, you know. What, what I, this, this, is, uh, this isn't groundbreaking news here. Uh, a team has a much better chance of reaching their potential when the, the stories about them are not centered on off-court stuff. Correct. Yeah, just... Let's leave the drama at the door, right? Leave the drama at the door. Uh, Pop, Pop had a great saying once. Um, we like players that are over themselves. Mm. And it's, it, it, it's, it's a weird turn of phrase. I don't think it's something you hear very often. It made a lot of sense to me when I heard it. 
It's something that uh, I haven't said this to my own children, but I've said it, I paraphrased it. Like our, our household's going to be best when we're all over ourselves. And let's just be real and vulnerable and honest. Mm-hmm. Let's figure some stuff out together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not how it's been with Kyrie. The, what's interesting is as humans, we're so quick to forget. Like, so, well, someone didn't. Someone didn't, didn't have someone put like a happy Hanukkah thing on the, where they play yesterday? <laughs> they were in Detroit yesterday. Yeah, didn't the Detroit did like a happy Hanukkah thing with shooting free throws and stuff. Pretty funny. I, I, I really like arenas that have that kind of vibe. Like, let's not take ourselves too seriously. Right, it's it's right. a serious subject, but we can have fun with it too, I believe anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, we're all waiting for the other shoe to drop. We just have to be think. We have to think about that because it's so easy to forget. But I'd love to be wrong. It would be great if we're doing the show in June and they may not be in the finals, but they might be. Right. But if we don't even remember barely what happened right. in November, that'd right. be great. Yeah. Like, yeah. like stop being a jackass and just play basketball. I mean, you can have opinions by all. Right. You can do all your charity work and you can voice concerns, For sure. but do it in a classy way. And sure. then there's no drama. None. You're allowed to take a stand, Kyrie. Sure. I, I was on Kaepernick's side. Mm-hmm. Like, all, all, I'm still I'm very much on his side. But that's not what you did. Right. That's not, that's not, there's no equivalency there. So, and, and his teammates have to be like, hey, let's just play basketball. This is great. We're pretty good. Like you said, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. Hey, we are good. And that's the thing, right? When you, to your point, when it's about basketball, look, look how well things flow. We're just here focusing on ball. It's a hard league. We're going to talk about that too. Yes. We don't need any other distractions. Yeah, None. it's hard. Particularly self-created ones, right? Like right, with- right, right. <laughs> well, that, that's what I say all the time. Don't, don't dig a hole for yourself. A hole's coming for you anyway. Right. In, in life. Yes. Like, everything's hard. There's always, if you're lucky. That's what, I mean, that's part of what we call about white privilege is you don't even know what, what's really out there. Um, don't create the obstacles for yourself anyway. And, yeah. and you know, KD's not young. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Claxton is a unique big. Yeah, he's playing really Joe, well. Yeah, he is. But Joe, but I mean, Joe Harris, you're not shooting well. Maybe he's doing better he's start, lately. He's starting to turn around, but not quite there yet. Seth, okay. not quite there yet. They had yeah, ankle right. surgery, so they're you know right. So hopefully, and that's really coming. But I'm just that. This is it. Is you're going to have ups and downs. Let's not create any more uh, uh, big loud noises. Let's just keep it simple. <laughs> exactly. But, and that's when KD really shines. When it's simple, it's just, just yeah. When it's just about it ball, he says it all the time. I just want to play basketball. Like yeah. that's just like right. It's like what's, yeah. what's the acronym that we that everyone loves to use and it always works. Kiss. Keep, keep it yeah, simple, keep stupid. It simple, stupid yeah. Like yeah. it's just everything is so much. He's better. a killer in that though. <laughs> He's a killer in that. When you keep it simple with him. Yeah. Like you, you, the only way to beat him is to complicate it. Right. Because he's going to beat you when it's simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's something. Uh, Orlando Magic. Winners of six straight, Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, who we talked about ad nauseum on this show. Look, I know David's talked about it. He doesn't think highly of the magic management, but if they have, I, I, I think they figured some things out. Franz, Paolo, and Bull, those are three, I'm not, you know, nothing's 100% certainty. But those are certainties to me as like, okay, I know we can build something off of these three. We got to figure out point guard. Markel Fultz is playing better. Not really sure what that situation. We got to figure out some other stuff, but man, let's hold on to these three dudes, and maybe you have to keep Mo too because he's Franz's brother. But like, <laughs> we got we got to keep those three, and we'll figure everything else out around that. Uh, well, I speak on the, on magic management. Uh, can do you have ducks and threes opened up? I do. I'd love I'd love to know what Fultz is looking like. 
Yes, let me pull. Because I think he's made a difference. So on the magic management side, I'm friendly with the guys. I don't know if they're any good yet. And this is a good sign. I've not, I've not been happy with what I've seen. I did not think Jamal was a very good coach last year, but it's year one. Mm-hmm. I, I never pass judgment other than if you're a jerk or something, which he is not. Right. I have a friend on their staff who really loves him. Uh, you win six in a row in this league, you're Hard. doing something. It's a coin flip every night. Uh, defensive numbers not looking great. He's a minus 0.7 on estimated plus minus. Yeah, how about offense? Offense, he's minus 1.2. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, but but he's better than the other guys. So I think he's better than the other guys. So th- that to me, that that's a team. I've even talked with uh, some agents about we we got to get the Magic a like a real point guard because so Suggs you think, isn't you think it, Cole's, Cole's right more now. of a scoring guard? You think? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't care about scoring guards. I I don't know if Cole's any good. I okay. think he's okay. okay. I'm talking about we have to get him like a guy that's got all star potential. Uh, and there's some guys maybe available that can do that. Because I think Franz and Paolo are going to be there. And I like Wendell Carter Jr., Bo Bo, mm-hmm. like, like uh, uh, Mo Bamba off the bench. They, they, mm-hmm. they're, they've got some pieces there. They could trade Terrence Ross and get something yep. probably for yep. him. Um, I like their future, especially when you win six in a row. And so, yeah, I would not say that the, the magic management is, is our failures when you look at what's currently constructed. And that they're not going to get Victor the way they're playing right. now. They're good enough to – and that's fine. They, they've, they've got the talent, with, with, especially the way Bowl is playing. And mm-hmm. Bowl is, what, 23? Yeah. Not even? Young, He's young. He's, young. He's a young player. So, yeah, they've got, they've got I mean, Orlando fans. I mean, I'm actually going to try to see them play. I've not been to a game there since the pandemic. I'm thinking about going one yeah. because uh, uh, they're, I may go to the Lakers game. It's a good it, – they're, they're really coming in the right direction. It's good to see. So, Franz and I want to say probably Paolo – Yes, Franz and Paolo are their only plus. Oh no, Franz, Paolo, and Wendell Carter Jr. plus yeah. in EPM, yeah. um, which is fantastic. They, I mean, they until the six game win streak, they were five and whatever or six and whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're they're it's fine. The young team coming around. I, I think they could win to the thirties this year. Hat tip to our editor Travis because he mentioned this. Um, so the talent level right now in Oklahoma City. Minus SGA, so the young guys versus the talent in in Orlando right now. Who do you like better, talent wise? I, I like Orlando's talent better. Okay, I, I'm not I'm not sold on on OKC's guys outside of Shea. Okay, I, I like Jane Williams a lot, but he he's still a young rookie. How good is Shea? If Shea and I and we want Shea to go to the playoffs this year, so whatever. But in yeah. a hypothetical world, how much better does he make this version of the Orlando Magic? I mean, he, he'd be their best player. I think he'd be their best player, and they, they might be, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, kind of playing team. Mm, okay. okay. Uh, I just don't know if he wants that. Oh, no, if, no, if no, I'm, no. I, I, I don't know, Shane. If I was him, I'd want – there's, yeah. there's better teams. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, for sure. Orlando's got a lot of growing pains yeah. they've got to go through. They're just they're – hoping, they're hoping to be relevant enough to fight for the 10 spot. Mm-hmm. Shay needs – I'd like to see Shay. like I'd love to see Shay in Dallas, for example. Pick a team. Pick any team that's likely going to be in the playoffs and would definitely be a top four team with him. That'd be one of them. You take Luca, some of that usage down. Oh man, yeah. that is, and that's a killer closing line. And I, listen, I don't think they can do it. But no, probably not. It. But yeah. that that would be a hell of a thing. All right, look, you know, you mentioned Orlando, and we started talking a little bit about it. So let's figure out. Look, there's some teams that we know, coach. They're just they're at the bottom, right? Uh, Washington lost 11, 10, 11 straight. They're yeah. not going in the right direction. Um, Charlotte. So there's some teams that we know that, Hey, 
you know, the Bulls, if those teams break up, which might happen, some contenders can really be good. And I was looking at the list. Kyle Kuzma, Porzingis, Caruso, DeRozan, Monte Morris, Dragic, Bradley, Drummond. I mean, teams that need bigs who can grab rebounds and take up space. I mean, Bradley and Drummond can't be making that much money. Maybe $8 million maybe? Like, I mean, you can figure some stuff out and really change the balance of either a team that's like right there, push them over the top, or a team that's fighting for that top four. And Oh, now we're top four because we have this backup big or we got Caruso or what have you off the bench. Yeah, and did you say Beal? He's, even he's being paid crazy money. Yes. So, so that's you need, the, a, need the contract to match. That's the yeah, thing. that's a scary thing. But um he came back last night and looked, I thought, very good against the Lakers, who uh you know won the game in the last seconds because LeBron's great. Um yeah, I, I think this is one of the bigger stories out there is Chicago uh and Washington specifically have a you mentioned them, a lot of good players. Monte Morris is a good player. Mm-hmm. If he's your backup one, you're doing really well. And it doesn't have to be a backup, depending on your team. Uh, Porzingis is good. He's just always hurt. If I'm the Wizards, no way do I not trade him. I, w- I, d- I wouldn't take a chance. And, and if I was a team I d- uh, contending, I don't know if I would take him because I'd be worried about his injuries. But, and he's shooting poorly right now. He was doing he was great. He's still good around the rim. He's not shooting well from three now. He made one three last night, I think. Uh, and he's a rim protector to some degree. Um, Daniel Gafford's a good mm-hmm. player. Even if he's especially if you're off the bench center. Uh, the Bulls have a ton of guys. Yeah, I think those two teams in particular. Uh, uh, and maybe Charlotte will dump off some assets because they're so terrible. They may get off and, Hayward's contract probably, could potentially. Yeah, they could trade P.J. Washington, who's PJ. really mm-hmm. struggling now, who's doing good. That team is just kind of off the rails. So, yeah, I mean, Toronto's another team where uh, uh, they're melting down. And... You know, is Siakam available? Is OG available? I doubt Barnes is. Um, Fred Van Vliet, mm-hmm. uh, Ch- uh, Chris Boucher, mm-hmm. Precious mm-hmm. Achua, who who was hurt, hurt. but yeah. was playing badly before. Um, I don't know what Toronto's going to do. They, they could be buyers, uh, or Masai could say, you know what, I just don't like how our group is forming. Mm-hmm. Let's trade everyone but Scotty yeah. and build around him with picks. He's only, you know, 22, whatever. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch as well. Uh, on Toronto, though, I'll tell you one thing. This is a good lesson. We're going to talk in a minute here about really talented winners and what they've done, what they do to help their team win. Siakam, before this last game where they got blown out by the Warriors without Steph, uh, said, you know, no pointing fingers. You know, we, we have to look internally first, blah, blah, blah. He said all the right things. We're not going to quit. We're not going to panic. You need, I think you need those voices. And I think he's, and he's always smiling and happy, competes his ass off, not playing as great as he was. But I like when leaders do that. When they, when they just, because as soon as you start pointing fingers, that first domino is dropped and now you're screwed. And, and management needs the, the connected team, even if they're going to break them up. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if you start pointing fingers and the team falls apart, all your values go down. It makes my job harder. So I give, I give Pascal credit for that. No, absolutely. And and it's what we tied into when we talked about at the beginning, right? When the leaders are doing that, the rest of the guys kind of have to fall in yeah. line, right? That's just the way it goes. And that's what we talk about when we mean leadership, right? It's one of the ways you show it, right? If you've got to be coachable, you've got to be the one setting the example, even at the pro level. Yeah, like the best guys are doing it. They go, oh, well, I got no choice, right? Because I'm not I'm not as good as that guy. So that that's that's the that's the message we want to see by the best guys on the team. Um, the Lakers, you know, they're such an interesting team. Coach, you mentioned them and, you know, um, 
LeBron, you know, still at this 20 years in still pretty excellent at basketball. Um, <laughs> Anthony Davis is unfortunately hurt. We'll get to that um, in, in a minute. I just don't know what to make of this team right now. Right. They, they did win last night. Um, you know, so much of what we talked about was in order for them to be good, AD and LeBron have to be healthy. Right. Cause it's just the rest of the rosters isn't good enough. Well, you know, <laughs> AD's hurt now. Couldn't be out what a month. Maybe. I mean, this is now 38 year old LeBron has got a, you know, there's only so much he can do, but now he's got to really work and try to carry this team. And it's just a challenge. This has been a tale of, interesting discussions for this team all year started out terrible got in a little bit of a role now with the ad news we're sliding back down first year head coach and as an organization you and i know coach you being honest they're not the greatest in terms of development how they prioritize player health like all the different things right they're just they're not good at all those things they just have been very lucky to have the greatest players of all time some of them on their team and they win championships but in those non-years not great and I don't know where, really, what this season is about for the Lakers beyond LeBron capping some more milestones. Well, AD was playing the best of his career, the best in the league when he got hurt. Uh, LeBron has been very good and played most of their games. He was incredible last night. Uh, my issue has been uh, everyone's complaining about, you know, they should trade for this and trade for that. And uh, you talked about stay ready. Well, in the Denver game, uh, which came after the Boston game, mm-hmm. they, their backup center, Thomas Bryant, had a phenomenal game. And I'm friendly with Thomas, so um, I pay attention to what's going on with him. And um, it was just really weird because Darvin Ham talked about he was in the Stay Ready group. Meanwhile, he, he this guy's shot over 40% from three twice. Then he tore his ACL and is back fully healthy. And uh, he's having an unbelievable season offensively. Uh, I think they were trying to treat him like they were AD defensively. He ain't AD. Mm-hmm. He needs to be active in um, pick and roll coverage and not just be in drop coverage. It's not, he's not Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. Giannis, or AD. And they did make that adjustment. He's up on the line more in ball screens. That helps. But in the game against Boston, Gerard, he had a pretty good six minutes. By, by the way, they were a positive. When, when he's been in the game, they were plus. And I always use the Embiid story as an example. When Embiid against the Raptors was plus 90, in something like 280 minutes of the seven game series. And they were minus a hundred and whatever in the, you know, the um, 70 minutes that he was Mm -hmm. off the court, Mm -hmm. they went and signed Horford to a big deal. It didn't work out, but they realized that we just need a backup to just hold the fort down. Well, that's what they had with Thomas Bryant, but he actually was helping them when he, he, so he had a positive plus minus, even though he never really played with AD. That's unheard of when AD is the best player in the league. And you play him six minutes in the first half and then not at all. And for the second time in a month, you get blown out in the last four minutes of a game. In this case, they lost in the end after up 17, fourth quarter. Against Boston, you're up 13. You get blown out in three and a half minutes. AD is dead. Mm-hmm. And, and I talked to Henry the next day. I said, hey, we don't know when AD is going to get hurt, but he's going to get hurt doing this. Well, it was the first quarter of the next game. Come on, Coach Ham. And then the stay ready guy came through against Denver with 21 and six and outplayed Jokic. Well, what's the other stay ready group for <laughs> when you have a fragile center in superstar Anthony Davis? No, he should be playing every game, 15, 20 minutes. I, there's some coaches who do that. And it makes no sense. As you said to me, you have to know about Anthony Davis. 
I, there's no guarantee when he got hurt anyway, but you didn't help by playing 40-plus minutes against Boston. It, it, it didn't make any sense. This is on the coaches, and this is on management. If I'm Rob Palenka, I am checking him out of the game. I'm coming <laughs> down, and I'm selling Darvin. It's your job on the line. Get him out of the game. We're up 10 or whatever. Get him rest. The guy played the entire second half in overtime against Boston and couldn't make it one quarter the next game, and no one should be surprised. Yeah. Except I think some coaches feel like they don't believe in this. They don't believe in rest and management for, for pain and injury prevention. It's not religion. There's nothing to believe in. Right. <laughs> exactly. The science is in. We, don't, we can't say for sure when they're going to get hurt, but we know the odds are likely he's going to get hurt. Teams have got to be smarter than that. So, yeah. so there are teams out there who have the stay ready group. You should, as fans, you should be asking, well, should it be stay ready? Or should we be getting more playing time so our starts don't play as many minutes? You know, <laughs> this is, of course, as listeners to this podcast know, this is something that Coach Henry and I love talking about. Not because we're like, oh, we told you guys we're right, but just we want what fans want, which is to see the best players healthy playing at the most important time. You know how you won't see that? When they got to play 48 minutes on a Tuesday night in December because you got no, or not that you have no bench, you choose and elect not to play your bench. They are, ev everyone should have a bench. Right. You, you, there's enough player development guys out there and enough playing time out there. Where you should, everyone should develop a serviceable backup. And I, we didn't put this in the doc, but I sent you guys the most important stat I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. Came out the other day, how rarely teams have had the three best players on the court at the same time. It's unbelievably rare. We are not protecting our athletes nearly good enough. Uh, and uh, it's to the detriment of the league. We should have our stars out there longer. And, you, and you'll do that in more games if you play them less in each individual game. And this is, look, you know that we're champions of shortening the season. That's probably never going to happen. So in that regard, then, there is no reason your 30-something-year-old, oh, he's not 30, I think he's just turned 30, Anthony Davis, or 29, 30. Your veteran already as you mentioned David, fragile superstar shouldn't be playing you know this like you know this is not a good thing and this is where coaching and gms and yeah. ownership need to be in lockstep and the incentives yeah. don't align right because darvin's like i gotta win every game i gotta play eagle when he sits we lose it's like yeah, but then ask yourself how is it that if i have a 15 point lead or a 10 point lead and i put this guy down for two minutes we're all of a sudden tired like there's something wrong somewhere, right? Like, what? how does that happen? Because that means every star player has to play 48 minutes, right? That's the way you win games. That's to your point. No, my bench isn't good, right? Or I don't believe in my bench, which, and look, Darvin Hemson's first year, as you always say, coaches can yep, get better and improve. Better. Yep, yep. I think, and I know, and it's and it's fine. You, you are who you are, but you're allowed to evolve. I don't know if you remember when he was hired, one of the stories he told about, the reporter asked him, you know, first time head coach how are you going to handle the pressure of being the lakers head coach and all the screen that comes with that oh well, i was shot as a you know wherever in the face and when that happens to you that's pressure like this is nothing and i get it and i hear what he's saying you live through something like that most things aren't going to phase you i understand but this ain't that right like there's a there's a a, a space for this tough guy we're going to do our thing mentality for sure. This is sports, but there's also a place for, yeah, but playing Anthony Davis 40 something minutes a night is not a good idea. Right? Like there's, well, and like true. I said, uh, 
they actually had a positive plus minus when he was out and, and Thomas Bryant was in. Like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you, coach. Like the evidence <laughs> is we're doing just fine when, with Thomas in the game. Let's save our, let's save the best player in the league when we can. Like, it's just, it should not be rocket science for these guys. And yeah, so, so maybe the analytics department didn't tell them that. I, I don't really know. But I don't think they even have an analytics department, if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, they might have a guy who, or a girl who's not listened to. <laughs> right. uh, it's too bad because LeBron is still sublime. I want to I talk about him yesterday. So there was a couple plays in the game that deserve mention. One mm-hmm. is, as I, as I told you, maybe you didn't hear it this morning. Maybe you did um, when I was on the phone call. Uh, there's an unwritten rule. Mm-hmm. If Russell, okay. If Russell Westbrook is going for a rebound, defense yep. rebound, and you're a teammate, you just got to let him get it. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to let you get it. And it may go out of bounds because of it. That's just his mentality. It's different if the other team's there, too. So It's a free-for-all. But when it's two of the same team, and you don't let Westbrook get it, it's, you know, you've seen these plays where it goes out of bounds. Oh, of course. I, I, I think, I could be wrong, but I think he leads the league in that. Because he, he, he's not going to let you get it. He wants the ball. Well, LeBron had a rebound last night. Russell came in, tried to take it from him. Ball went out of bounds. And they had to win this game. They play Charlotte next. Like, you got to win this game because you have a little, you, can, you just beat Denver. You can have a little three game win streak all without AD. Be great because the, the storm is coming again with good teams. So the ball goes out of bounds. LeBron, and I'm just thinking, oh, he's going to give Westbrook the look or he's <laughs> not going to look at him at all. And instead, he like, I don't know what he said, but it, it was almost like he was like, hey, man, just you do you. You keep doing right. that every time. And he kind of dapped him up. And I thought, all right, LeBron, like, you understand. The storm really is still in town because AD's out. And you declaring Warren Westbrook is not going to solve anything. No. So I was very impressed with that. Then late in the game, uh, first of all, the Wizards, for some crazy reason, so they're up to Washington Lakers ball and 30-some-odd seconds to go. And the Lakers announcers are saying, oh, man, you know, the Wizards are going to get the last shot here. And it may be a tie game if we score. Because at that point, the Wizards are up. Well, LeBron, thankfully, wasn't thinking that. LeBron's thinking, I'm going to see if I can get a bucket fast. They set a little ball screen with Thomas Bryant. Uh, I don't know what in the world the Wizards are doing. The Red Sea parts. LeBron races to the court two seconds later to the rim. Two seconds later, he dunks. Now we have a tie game. Wizards don't score. LeBron is holding the ball for the last shot. And because now we're below 24 seconds. The Wizards decide not to let him get the last shot, and they trap him. And LeBron, shockingly, throws like a real casual bounce pass mm. that I want to say Kuzma deflects. So Denny Abdia, 6'9", tough as fuck, very good defensive player. He's scrambling for the ball with Kuzma. But LeBron is, oh, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> I'm, 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 making, I'm not going to be the GOAT here. <laughs> and, and the GOAT in a bad way, yeah, me and yes. the loser. He fucking digs like crazy, comes up with the ball without diving. So he stays on his feet. Now Thomas Bryant's wide open to the rim because it looked like it was going to be a breakout the other way. Bryant gets a dunk. Basically, one second left, the game's over. You know, Kuzma got a shot up, but it didn't matter. They had no timeouts. So LeBron makes an amazing play. And then earlier, two and a half hours earlier, uh, the Warriors are blowing the Raptors out mm-hmm. in Toronto. It's late in the game. There's a loose ball. It wasn't a Draymond Green turnover, but there was a loose ball in his vicinity, and he dove and came up with it. And the Warriors announcer was saying, Four-year, four-time champion, and this is what he's doing. Oh yeah, like there's a reason for he's a four-time champion. That's not the only reason. Steph right. Curry's the biggest reason. Kevin Durant is mm-hmm. one is reason one A, mm-hmm. right? If there's reason one one A, but he's got two rings without Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and they just blew out Toronto without Steph Curry. There, there, that LeBron James, Draymond Green. There is a 
if I was a head coach today in the NBA and I would never want to be one, or if I was a GM and I don't want to be one of those either, I would have a loop running this morning, Gerard, in the locker room all day today <laughs> in the G League, in the NBA, and probably in college basketball of those two plays. Not, not, like, guys, effort is everything. I really think LeBron would have dove and got a jump ball uh, if he didn't think he'd be able to come up with the ball. And he's allowed to have that arrogance about him. I don't need to dive. I'm LeBron James. Yeah, I agree. You're 6'9", still cat quick with great hands. Make a play. If you can't make a play, make it a scrum and get the jump ball. That's the lesson you teach. Yeah. Just like you say in football, if you know you can scoop it up and get the touchdown off the fumble, do it. If there's any degree of doubt, dive on it. Dive on it and just get possession. Right. Don't be afraid to make a play, though. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to make a play. So I, that's what I teach anyway. So that's a good lesson of two ch- eight-time champions. And, and let's face it. So uh, LeBron's always been the best player on his team. Mm-hmm. Draymond's either been second or third best on his team in terms of overall mm-hmm. metrics. This, guy, these, this is a key guy to four titles and, a, and, and six appearances. Yep. Dive in in the fourth quarter of a blowout. Yeah. A blowout. There's a lesson to be learned there. And this is, you know, this is what we talked about at the top of the show, right? When your best players and your leaders are doing that. And I think it's important that in that play for the Lakers, LeBron didn't have to leave his feet, right? Because not even leaving his feet allowed him to get the ball and get it to Thomas Bryant, right? He dives on the ground. Maybe they don't. He can't get it, but he gets possession, no, he right? Could, and then it changes the whole complexion of the right. game. But right. th- listen, this is <laughs> – we keep saying this game is hard, man. It's really hard to play basketball. And it's interesting that we, we say that because – Jalen Dern, Detroit Pistons rookie, um, said the other day in a clip that you sent to our group, uh, the Pistons had played Sacramento. Obviously not last night. They played the Nets, but recently. And Sabonis um, really had some some good number scoring against him. And a reporter asked him how difficult it is to guard Demontis Sabonis. And Demontis Sabonis is a former all-star. Like a yeah, big, very good player. strong dude. Very good. And in the low post trying to score, like, that's, yeah. a, that's a mountain to, to deal with. Yeah. And they asked him, so Jalen, how difficult is it to stop a guy like Demontis Sabonis? It's not that hard. Well, but yeah. Jalen, the numbers say that it is because you didn't yeah. stop him. So, <laughs> yeah, these young guys. Uh, I was telling Henry today. Uh, one of the things I was most proud of when I was a young coach. All my kids were from some really challenging projects in St. Pete. I've talked to you about them, and uh, by the time they were juniors and seniors, they learned to respect players. They didn't care what color you were. They didn't care what your parents' socioeconomic situation was. We played some very ritzy private schools, all white. And some very ritzy private schools, all black. Uh, uh, Kerry Kittles mm-hmm. from San Augustine. I want to say his team was San Augustine in New Orleans. Unbelievably disciplined and impressive team. And uh, I'm sure probably very expensive, but super talented. And our guys developed an appreciation for ability and performances. They didn't really care what you look like. And false bravado never works. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Duran. <laughs> Sabonis kicked your ass. <laughs> he may not dunk, he may not have dunked on you a bunch. Who cares? He's also an incredible passer. He's super strong. He's a wall. So strong. Yeah, and Jalen Dern has I didn't like him coming out of college so much. Uh in terms of like I wouldn't have drafted him top five or top ten, like some people thought. But he's got a chance. But you need to be a little more humble. Like it's okay <laughs> to admit you got your ass kicked. It's okay. There's nothing wrong. One of the things I really like about our best players in the league, and I focus on this very much, when they're being guarded by a young rookie who's competing, not talking shit, competing, man, Harden, Curry, LeBron, like, they're respectful. Mm -hmm. 
they, they, you could see them saying to the young guy, hey, young guy, I see you, right? I love that. And it means a lot to the player, too. Well, you can do both. They said this about your boy, Scotty Barnes, last year. All of them. Because he yeah, took right. turns defending all of them last year. And when those guys go out of their way to point out a rookie, yeah. that, there's a reason, right? They, yeah. don't, they don't point out every rookie, right? No. But like, oh, no, that. Yeah, he's 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 legit. So no, the all these guys are grandmaster chess players, right? They all know how to play this game. It's not just about their bodies, which of course it's a lot because you have to be in shape and you've got to be healthy and all that. They respect the mind, they respect the effort. These top players, they, they get it. And so when they see someone doing it the right way, I I, I think they also are ambassadors to our game. Mm-hmm. Uh, without question, they're ambassadors to our game, and I think they take that seriously, and it's great to see. Um, there's an article on ESPN coach before we get to contender contender or pretender, uh, that I want to talk about. And it talked about the Spurs and pop and, you know, how he's at the helm of a rebuild right now. And we don't know when pop's going to stop coaching, but San Antonio Spurs is clear to say they won't be a playoff team this year, right? Oh no, <laughs> they, they are in the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. And pop said something in the article that was quoted by Tim McMahon that I thought was interesting. And it reminds me of stuff that you always say as a coach. You start at the bottom and teach. That's the most fun of all of it. When the games come, everybody likes the competitiveness. But watching young kids grow is really the joy. And it made me think about what I always used to say to my swimmers, which was practice is the best time, right? Because that's when we do the things that's going to happen on race day. I'm like, yeah, race day is fun. But within give or take, I know it's going to happen, right? Like once your mind's in the right place, we've done the work to produce X. So it's going to be what it is, right? But the joy and the excitement comes from the failure and practicing when you're not hitting the times, whatever, right? And that we got to get it right. We got to get it right. Here's what we need to work on. Those, that's the, that's the joy, right? And it's, you know, one of the things you talk about in terms of leadership and breathing spirit. And yeah. this is, this is what coaching's about, right? It's yes, tactics, X and X's and O's matters, but they're human beings, right? And you, it's seeing a player improve and getting better. There's, if you don't have joy in that, Probably in the wrong profession. Yeah. And in, in the introduction of, of my book, I wrote, uh, as a coach, we are first in the business to inspire. And I'm a big believer in that, that um, at every level, including the NBA, where I don't think a lot of these coaches inspire very well. I know they think they do, but uh, I talk to these players <laughs> and, and a, a lot of these coaches are full of it. They, they just, they, they're in a different world. And I told you some stories about mm-hmm. some coaches before yep. that, Thought they were so connected. I, I mean, one of my favorites was, was, and I'm going to try to find this on tape. Doug Collins admitting after Iguodala beat the Bulls, uh, uh, when Derrick Rose got hurt, Joe Keem got hurt, all these guys got hurt. The Sixers, you know, celebrated this big win when, when Chicago was a wreck because they were a one seed. And Doug was crediting Andre Iguodala and said, um, literally said in the press conference, he's like, you know, we, we really get each other. And he's like, I don't think I've said a word to him off the court all season. But we really get each other. And I just thought, you're so full of it, man. That dude, I guarantee he doesn't respect you. If he hasn't talked to you all year, something's fucked up. But yeah, you have to, your first, and Pop is good at it. I've talked to players for the Spurs, like recent players, who, young guys, who they still, still love him. He still brings joy to the practices. I think we saw Team USA, he was running some suicides this <laughs> summer. Um, that's a, it's a big deal. You have, to, you have to have poise as a coach. And you have to inspire your guys, too. I think that's a, a big part of this, though. Yeah, 100%. All right, contender or pretender time. Uh, David, would you like to go first, or should I yeah. go first? Just a I reminder for everybody, Nets, yeah. Cavs, Suns, and Nuggets off the board. All right. I got it. I got a stumper for Ooh, you. Oh, uh-oh. 
Yep. The Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> okay. God, see, you always see, it's a good one. The, you you give me these these ones that are like because I have to always caveat it. Yes, but okay. or no, but that's that's the okay. that's the game. Yeah, Luka Doncic might be the best player in the world. Right. So of course, when you have him in any seven game series against any team he plays, he can be the best player in any series. With that means you have a chance to win. However, I do not think as presently constructed playing this way. Look, we've seen the recipe on this. This was James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Run out of gas. Like, can you do that for four rounds in the postseason? Highly doubt it. So as constructed, no. So I will say pretender. I agree with you. I think they're, they are a player away from being a contender. They've got to get more paint scoring. Um, they've got to, uh, they've got uh, paint scoring. I don't care if it's from a big guy or a little guy. They got to get other ways to get easy baskets and not just to be so dependent on three-point shooting and then Luca's dominant. So uh, let's call him a pretender with potential. <laughs> I like it. All right. I got a, a pr- I think a fairly easy one for you, but they're an interesting team. The Sacramento Kings. Pretender for a championship, um, I think they're legit as a playoff team. I think, which is the big deal mm-hmm. in that town. Sure. I, yeah. I, I'm a, 20, I'm how a, many? Six, yeah. 16 seasons? 16 seasons I've made playoffs. fun of them for a long time, but but only because I really love their fans. I, I kind of got my start in this business with the Kings in the sense I yes, had a player correct. that played mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, so um, I really want them to, to – I think they're good. I think they have a lot of quality. And have a nice elasticity. Got some young players, Keegan Murray especially. Darren Fox should still be getting better for a while. Um, Herder, like they, they've mm-hmm. got, they've got a shot. They've got Sabonis and Holmes, so they could mm-hmm. trade Holmes mm-hmm. and get something for him if, if they wanted. He though he's still de- you know decent if not good. Yeah, a lot moving for Mike Brown. I think he's got much better as a coach. Uh, they've got some real growth left, but they have a chance to get out of the play-in and be top six. I'm not guaranteeing it. But I think it's really – it's not likely. It's very possible that they could finish top six. They're good enough. No, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. Definitely not a, a championship contender, but playoffs without question. If, yeah. if for some reason it doesn't happen and it wasn't injury, they need to be like, what the hell happened? Yeah, because they're, they're, like a, they're good yeah. enough. They, there's, they, there's a spell. Mike, those years in Golden State, he's t- you can see it. He's taking elements of the Cuisinart because – those they race up and down the floor and they play with such high pace and they're just, fast they're so fast yeah, they really play so, fast and so to the fast. point of the Cuisinart Sabonis is such a gifted passer yes. that it's natural to play off him yeah yes so if you got guys cutting and moving he'll find them yeah right yeah. so yeah look it, Sacramento fans I know it's early but you know you can start not that early <laughs> so you're, you're right it's not we're almost at the halfway mark it's not that early you can start feeling happy, right? Getting a little, getting a little happy. This might be your year again, barring no bad things happening. I'd be shocked if they don't find their way. Into, yeah, into if they if they make playoff tickets available, as long as they're refundable, I'd buy them. Yeah, yeah. you got to, you have reason to hope. Yeah, and isn't that what every fan base wants, right? Just yeah. reason to hope. I, I said, I said to a friend of mine who's struggling with some depressing. She she has a reason to be depressed. She's had a kind of a, a bad turn in her life. But I said to her, I texted her this morning. She lives in a different country. Uh, we wake up every day with hope and we go to sleep with possibility. And uh, it, Sacramento has not had that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They do now. Mm-hmm. They wake up with some hope. And you can also wake up with hope. You can wake up with possibility and go to bed with hope. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more demoralizing. Mm-hmm. Possibility is like opt- optimism. So they have a real shot, I think, to uh, 
had this the best year they've had in a long time. Yeah, yeah I'm a fan. No, absolutely. All right, folks, uh, that's all for today. We will see you on Thursday. A little programming note, that will be our last show of 2022. So maybe we'll do some of the Christmas Day games, a little preview, what we're looking forward to, what we're hoping. Uh, but yeah, that'll, that Thursday will be our last show for 2022. And then we'll see you all in the new year. All right, everybody, take care.